known to us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You are welcome to the teaching service tonight. We pray that the Lord will order the step of our brethren that they will also join us uh, to study. The Bible says we should study to show ourselves approved unto God as a workman who needed not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Tonight we'll be beginning a new series and I want us to continue on the subject we started on Sunday. It's very important that we look at this subject, especially within the seasons that we are living. So, turn your Bible with me to the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 40 to 50. The book of Luke chapter 2, verses 40 to 50. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, Luke chapter 2, verses 40 to 50. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. Now I want you to take notice of the qualities of the child. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Move it on. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, I want you to take notice of the year. He was talking about Jesus. He was 12 years old. They went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk, kinsfolk and acquaintances. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And it came, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Remember, he was 12 years old. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, how is it that you sought me? In other words, why are you looking for me? A child of 12 years. Which he not know, or which he not, 
that I must be about my father's business. And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. Go to verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Hallelujah. Tonight, I want us to look at the subject, the father's business. The father's business. You see, as children of God, it behoves on us to grow. You see, when children grow, they assume responsibilities automatically. Every child is selfish until he grows. Every child is selfish. Every child is looking for me. 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 Anybody who goes to God every day asking for, Lord, for me, give me. I want me. Lord, I want me. 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 It's a sign that you are a child. Because when you grow, you stop becoming, you stop talking about me. You stop thinking about myself. Me, myself, I. And then you, the next thing is that you start talking about, what about him? How can I help? How can I be a blessing? How can I give? So every Christian who is talking about, Lord, give me. Lord, I want this. In every prayer meeting, it is about me. That person is a child. You cannot be a vessel of honor. You cannot be an instrument of righteousness. You cannot be a vessel in the hands of God for so winning if you refuse to grow. You must grow from child, childishness from selfishness to maturity. The reason why, even though Jesus was 12 years old, he was bold enough to say to his father and mother, why are you going about looking for me? Don't you know that there is a, that I must be about my father's business? At the age of 12, he knew that there is a business, there is a mandate upon his life. At the age of 12. How come? Because the child grew. He grew. In spirit, the first point of growth, spiritual. Spiritual growth. He grew in wisdom and he grew in stature. That are the three areas of growth. Spiritual. You grow physically and then you grow in wisdom. This is the state that you must be in in order to be useful to the kingdom. There are too many babies in the church. Too many babies. Hey, pastor. Hey, pastor. I want prayer. Pastor, I want prayer. My head. Pastor, my head. My too many babies in the church. Too many babies. We are not growing. Because when you grow, 
the signs are automatic. You begin to look for responsibility. I must be about my father's business. Don't you know that I have a business to attend to? I have a mandate to fulfill. I have a purpose to accomplish. Why are you looking for me? 12 years old boy. He knew that he has a mandate. How old are you? And since when did you find Christ? What is the burden on your heart? Are you really thinking of souls? Praise the name of the Lord. So winning is the father's business. It's the father's business. And it is his heartbeat. Can you imagine God saying in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9, verse 8 and 9. Look at what God said. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. He said, and the, 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 and the Lord said, I, I heard a voice that is saying. Also, I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Whom? Whom shall I send? And who, sh who would go for us? This is a desperate call. Who? Whom will I send? This is a heartbeat of God. Souls are perishing. Men are going to hell. Our friends are dying and they are perishing. We have friends that we love so much. Hey, let me tell you something. If you claim you have a friend you love who is not born again, you never loved him. You cannot, you cannot allow somebody you love to go to hell. Somebody you care for to perish. No, you don't love him enough. Love constrains us. Love has constraining power. It constrains. So when you are at ease and you say you love, there's a problem. Love is sacrificial. Who will go for us? What was God talking about? People were dying and when somebody died, no grace for him. It's appointed unto men once to die. After death, judgment. After death, no grace. If somebody is not introduced to grace when he's living, when he died, forget it. You know the story that Jesus gave about the rich man and Lazarus? The rich man said, please, please, I beg you, please send Lazarus to dip his hand, his finger in water and come. He said, no, 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 no. We don't beg here. You should have done this begging whilst you were living. This begging is done whilst you were living. Because when you beg in life, when you beg in time, you obtain grace. Once you cross time to eternity, the next thing is judgment. Once somebody crosses from time to eternity, once somebody dies, he has no hope of eternal life. Once you die, you cannot make choice anymore. Time is running out. Please, time is running out. But you see, the average believer is busy. So Sunday's message was busy here and there. The average believer is busy. Busy, I want this. You want to grab this. Oh, I'm looking for this. Oh, I must get this. I must get this. I must get this. And then, bah, you are gone. By the time you notice that, oh, 
Oh, I am going. I'm dying. No time for me to serve God. No time for me to win souls. Too late. Look at what God is saying. Who? Who shall I send? Why would God who created all of us be concerned about whom to send? God should have said, come, let, let me send you. Because it's not everybody he can send. Because the people have not grown up. Whom will I send? And whom will go for us? Because it's one thing to send somebody and it's another thing for the person to go. <laughs> there are many of us who have been sent and we are not going. True or false. So the fact that you've been sent is not a guarantee that you'll go. Many of you, you have dreams of God sending you. <laughs> Even prophets are prophesying about your ministry, about your calling. Are you, are you going? So you can send somebody and he will not go. So God is talking about two things. Whom will I send? And number two, who will go? So many disobedient Christians. Now, they're not talking about so winning in churches anymore. Hmm? I said it on Sunday. It's now a, a cake, a cake message. Hmm? Talking about so winning, a cake. Talking about holiness, a cake. Talking about the coming of Jesus Christ, a cake. That is the work of the devil. Now, do you know the latest? Ah, I'll tell you the latest. How many of you have been, been on Facebook? The latest is that the Bible is a history book. How many of you have heard that? That's the latest. The devil is telling everybody that the Bible is not the word of God. If your, your base, your source is destroyed, if the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? The enemy wants to destroy the very foundation. So a time will come, they will not give heed to, to what? To sound doctrine as it's written in the word. Because the base have been destroyed. They have been told that somebody wrote the Bible. The Bible is a history book. I also been heard him yesterday. He said the Bible is somebody's history book. Above what says that uh, 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 so the question is that what are you preaching from? So you see, when you read the Bible, it said in the last days, people would preach fairy tales, tales, fairy tales, stories, announcing some. You go to church to go and hear announcing some. Why are, go, are they going to speak announcing some? Because they have destroyed the foundation, which is the word of God. So what is like, if you have told me that the word of God is a storybook, then you can't preach from it to me. Then you must form some story to tell me when I come to church. That is the basis of the narcissism. The fulfillment of scripture. Do you know why this is going to happen? There's people who have been filled with sound doctrine are sitting down. Are sitting down. Can I tell you something? Oh, those of us in overcomers, we cannot escape because we have been fortunate enough to be exposed to truth. I'm telling you, you cannot escape. We cannot escape judgment if we fail to win souls for the Lord. And look at all these judges, the people that are condemning the Bible now, 
Look at their churches. Filled to capacity. So, this is the, 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 the I had then I had her. I had another person too. Uh, uh, okay, I'll not mention it because this thing is going through social media. Am I right? You'll be playing it on our uh, uh, very, very apostle. So, 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 I won't mention the name. Apostle S.A. He's saying that uh, the Bible is from the white man. And he's an apostle. How can you say something? What is happening? So all, while the, all this while, these are deceivers. Liars. They are lying to us. And they go to church to preach fairy tales. But you, if you keep quiet, the Lord will judge you. There's a time for you to speak out. Because a time will come, people will not give heed to sound doctrine. And they will give heed to seducing spirits. They will be deceived and they will be, de- I mean, they will, they, 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 the deceivers who have been deceived will deceive them. Hello, are you here with me? If you are here, wave your hands, let me see. So the Lord is saying, who will I send? That's, that's that voice, look, listen to the voice. Whom will I send? Who will go? It means he has sent so many people and they didn't go. And he's so frustrated. But thank God there is hope. Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Tonight, may somebody from amongst us say to the Lord, I am here. Lord, you can count on me. Send me to them. I am here. Send me. But for God to send us, we must grow. Grow as Jesus grew. Grow spiritually, grow in wisdom, and grow in stature. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So at the age of 12, he understood that he has a mandate. He understood he has a mission. He has a divine assignment, 12 years old. So he turned to his mother and his father. He said, why are you looking for me? Why are you going around looking for me? Don't you know that I've started my father's ministry? I have to be about my father's business. Which business and whose business are you concerned with now? Is it your own business or your father's business? When Apostle Paul was about to die, one of the things I read about him, one of his letters I read and I was so sad. He said, everybody has abandoned me. And all of them have, they mind their own business. They have abandoned the Lord's work. They are minding their own business. At the old age, he said, everybody has abandoned me. He said, demons has left he mentioned those who have left him and they say all of them are minding their own business. So there was nobody to send. The Lord said, who will I send? Who will go? Now, we read last, last Sunday in Luke chapter 19 verse 10, Jesus 
made his manifesto clear and his purpose was spelled out. Jesus came to do three things. Number one, in Luke chapter 19 verse 10, he said that for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. So in this particular scripture, two of his missions were made known here. Seek and save. He came to seek and save. How do we seek? You don't seek by sitting down. You seek by making a move. It means you go to their house. You go to their workplace. And then you save them. Talk to them about Jesus. You are living in an area with somebody who is not born again. He doesn't go to church. He's serving idol. Or he's following. And you are the light in the area. And you are not imparting him. Oh, your light is dead. Or oh, your candle is under a bushel. On a basket. Under a basket. But Jesus said, nobody lights a lamp and put it under a basket. The lamp must be put on a lampstand to give light. If I'm born again, then I must impart you. You are light. Hello. So, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those the, to seek what? Which was lost. That which was lost. That which was lost. And then, First John also tells us 3.8 For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifest that he would destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus came to do three things. Number one, seek, save, and destroy. He came to seek and save those who were lost and also to destroy the works of the devil. And this is the mandate of the believer because we read uh, the same Sunday in John chapter 20 verse 21 as my father has sent me, so sent I you. John 20, 21. As my father has sent me, and Jesus said unto them again, Peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, even so send I you. Even so. In other words, the same mission. The same mission. That's why we call it commission. The great commission. Common mission common mission. We share in the same mission. So, what is the mission? Seek and save that which was lost and destroy the works of the devil. Let's say, let's say three main assignments for every believer. Number one, to do what? Uh -huh, number two, and number three, destroy the works of the devil. Seek. What do you mean by Seek. I come to church, a believer, a soul that just came to church, didn't come. I, I, we closed from the church. I didn't go home straight. I went to his house. Go and look for him. Go and look for him. I am doing my father's business. This is the business Jesus was talking about. It's a business. You don't come to church and go and eat fufu and sleep. Whereas there were souls that came to, that should have been in church and they were not in church. And you are aware that they were not in church and you don't care. You are not seeking. You seek for things that are missing. Hello? So if you can't find them, look for them. Number two, save them. That should be your chiefest concern as a believer, as a child of God. Save them. 
Praise the name of the Lord. Wave your hands, let me see. Please, wave your hands, let me see. Hello? Are you here with me? As my father have sent me, even so sent I you. So somebody say, hey, Pastor, me, I don't know my purpose. So. Me, I don't know my mission. If you don't know your mission, just follow this one. Because this one is written black and white. As my father have sent me, so sent I you. So look for what God sent Jesus to do and do the same thing. We have learned that three things came to seek and to save those that were lost and to destroy the works of the devil. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. It is wise people who win souls. Proverbs 11.30 He that win a soul is wise. The tree of the righteous is the fruit of life. And he that win a soul is wise. You know what the Bible says? Huh? The tree of the righteous is the fruit of life. Huh? Proverbs 11.30 The tree of the righteous is the fruit of life. No, okay, sorry. The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life. And he that winneth soul is wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth soul is wise. We give life. We dispense life. The righteous dispense life. That is the fruit. We are trees. And we bear fruit. What type of fruit? Life. And our life wins souls. That makes us wise people. A believer doesn't win soul. It's not wise. That's the best way to put it. Huh? It's not wise. I don't want to be harsh. But opposite of wise being wise is what? Not wise. You are not wise. And it means so many things. If you are not winning, so you are not wise. Ah, for one year, you are in the church and you have not, you can't even count five souls that you brought to the Lord for one year. How many days are in a year? 365 and sometimes we add what? One quarter days for a leap year. Two of us. And you have lived through 365 days without a soul. You are terrible. Does it mean you don't interact with souls? Are you living in heaven? Where you are living? Are there no sinners there? You don't interact with them. You sit in a car, you go to Accra, you sit in Trotro. If you are, you, are, you are in a commercial driver, you, you get passengers who sit by at the front seat. Do you ask them? Brother, can I ask you a question? If you should die today, where will you spend eternity? You think it's a small question. This question, I've used it to win souls more than hundreds. When I ask you, your friend of Kofiku, Somebody asked you this question. You can't sleep. If you fall down right now, where will you spend eternity? Where will you go after here? 
Then he's confused. When he's confused, he says, you know there's life after death. You should know where to go. Then now you are going to tell him the gospel story. Now, the gospel, the way we preach the gospel, you, we go and preach judgment. What's the meaning of gospel? Gospel is good news. Everybody say good news. Now, if you go and tell me that you will go to hell, is it good news? Then somebody come to your house and say you go to hell. Is it good news or bad news? Bad news. And that's what we are doing. We go and tell people, you will go to hell. You, you, Yes, it is not bad to say that. But you see, you don't end there. When you end there, you haven't preached the gospel. The gospel is that the penalty of our sins have been paid for by Jesus on the cross. Your sins can be forgiven because Jesus has paid the price. Through his death, his burial and resurrection, the penalty of our sin was paid for. Now, your sins can be forgiven. No matter how huge. This is good news. And who should preach this? Us! Believers! Believers! The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life. And he that winneth soul is wise. If you don't win soul, you are not a soul winner. You are not wise. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 and also confirms the wisdom of soul winning. And Daniel 12 verse 3, he said that uh, he said, and, and, and those that turn many to righteousness, he put it this way, and they that be wise, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So, in, in all of the scriptures we have read, now look at it now, Daniel 12 verse 3 also is emphasizing on what? Wisdom. So winning. So winners are what? Wise people. A believer who is not winning soul is not wise. It's not wise. Why would you boast? Hey, since I, I came to know the Lord three years now, I came to know the Lord five years now. It's like you are saying, I am a barren woman. I'm a barren man. I'm I'm a fruitless man. That's what you are trying to say. And you are boasting. You don't boast. Came to know the Lord three years and you have no fruit. You have no son. Nobody has found Christ through you. What kind of fruit are you bearing? Because the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Amen. Amen. Are you here with me? So Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed. Romans chapter 1 verse 16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed. And I will, I will, I will explain why he was so confident to say he's not ashamed. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and I will read from verse 16 uh, and 17. Look at what he said. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the only means by which people will be saved. People will not be saved by storytelling. Churches that preach stories, eh? stories, they will never save anybody. 
The power for salvation is not in storytelling. It's not even in testimonies. Testimony just inspires people. It doesn't save people. What saves people is the gospel because the power unto salvation. They say, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So nobody will get saved without the gospel. Nobody will get saved. Now, do you only eat salt? Hello? How many of you have eaten salt? They serve you salt today. Salt and pepper. Huh? You don't eat salt and pepper. Are you sure? Is it, is it a good meal to be served salt? Just as you eat Gary, at least Gary, you can, you can eat Gary and pepper. Am I right? Grounded pepper. But you can't eat salt. Eh? And grounded pepper. Or can you mix salt with sugar? Hello? Why can't you eat salt? Who can tell me? Hello? Why can't you eat salt? Alone. As food. Uh -huh. Because what? Salt has no nutrients. Are you sure? Salt does so many things. But why don't we eat it? Because salt is a season. Eh? It adds flavor to food. It's not, it's not a food to feed on. It's season. That's how testimony is. Testimony is not the gospel. Testimony seasons the gospel. I hope you understand that. So, we need the testimony. Just as without salt, you can't eat your food. It makes the food sweet and tasty. So, testimony makes the gospel real. But, testimony is not the gospel. Stories are not the gospel. They can't save anybody. The power that saved is in the gospel. And we must preach it. I must speak to somebody. Hello. Are you here with me? How many of you are here with me? Are you sure you are here with me? Are you sure you are here with me? Preach the gospel. We are becoming lazy. Too lazy. Maybe we are ashamed also to identify with Christ. Some of us, we don't know people. We don't want people to call us Krifi. Eh? Oh, man of God. Eh? Oh, Sofo, oh, Saul. You, you see, this is what we are afraid of. Hey! They say, oh, I don't know Sofo, Sofo, Mami. Sofo, Papa. That's what you are afraid of. You are afraid of names. Name calling. Not even beating you. Not plucking your beers. As they did to Jesus. Not even killing you and crucifying you on the cross. Just names. We are ashamed because people will call us names. Hey, can I tell you something? How many of you have bought that throw before? Do you know those who sell traditional medicine? <laughs> They'll just get up. And you think they are coming to preach. Even them, they are not ashamed. Even them. Even them. Even them, they are not ashamed. Do you know why? Do you know why 
the master called the unprofitable servant a wicked and slothful servant. Can I tell you something? If there is now cancer, okay, maybe let's say there's no cure to cancer, am I right? And then God in the night came to you, your house, and give you, show you a cure to cancer. And he said, this is the cure. The whole world must not suffer from this disease. Make sure that they are all cured. And you say, fee. And the Lord leaves you. And then for 10 years, you haven't spoken. And people are dying. Who are, what are you? Wicked. Sin is a disease. The cure is the gospel. Do you know another name for gospel? Gospel. That cures sin. It's a tablet. The gospel. Look at your life. Those days, how bad are we? How bad were we? Maybe you are not, you are not bad. But some of us will know our history. As bad as anything. Now look at you now. Look at you a saint. Now, you can't even believe yourself. When you, you, you look at yourself in the mirror, on Sunday when you dress and you put on your tie, you, you can't believe what you are seeing. Hey! Is that me? <laughs> because you yourself, you know you are bad. You used to be very bad. But look at how the gospel have cured you. There is power of God unto salvation in the gospel. If you refuse to preach it, people will die in their sins and perish. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, so he said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Let us say together, I am not ashamed. Say, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Say it aloud, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. So we must tell them that the penalty of sin has been paid for on the cross. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So that when they repent from their sins, their sins will be forgiven because the price has been paid. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. Now, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 to 15. Romans 10, 9 to 15. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, so you see now, and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, this particular scripture is a very important scripture. Now, look at it carefully. There are many people in the church who are not born again. Those who get married, some of the ladies in the church, okay, they brought their fiancés to my house for counseling. And when I asked some of the fiancés questions about how, how can you know you are born again? Or what, what must one do to be born again? When I asked them, are you born again? They said, mm. how do you know you are born again? You don't know. Majority of them don't know. Majority of them are not born again. 
You are not born again. So I was born in the church. Me, when I grew up, I grew up in the church. My father, my father and my mother were all Christians. And then I grew up in the church. Now, if you go and bath in the sea, will you become a fish? Okay, what about if you sleep in a garage? Will you become a car? That's what they are trying to tell me. Because I was born in the church, I am a Christian. You don't become a Christian because you were born into the church. How does somebody become born again? Let's read it together. Go. If that if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and thou shalt and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Go to verse 10. Verse 10 says what? For with the, for with the heart Man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's the reason why we do altar call. Say after me, Lord, Lord. Because you are by, by saying you are confessing. That's how salvation comes. You say, oh, this is so this is simple. Oh, but the eternal life is simple. The reason why it's simple because the bigger one has been taken care of on the cross by somebody. The price has been paid. So you don't need to do anything big. The simplicity of the gospel is what brings salvation to men. It's simple. So, you preach the gospel and you make the people confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus, I believe in you. I accept you as my Lord. You are the Son of God. You are my Lord. You are my personal Savior. Lord, come into my heart. As they confess, they will be saved. And as they believe, it will be accredited to the account as righteousness. So there are many people never do this and they go to hell. Now look, at it. so move it on. Move it on quickly. Verse 11, it said, For the scripture had, for the scripture said, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So anybody who believes, anybody who believes, God has made provision for anybody who believes to be saved. You say, what about the fetish? Yes, yes. The witches, yes. The wizards, yes. When they believe, they will be saved. The problem with them is that they don't believe. They don't even trust in the Lord. When they believe, they will be saved. Now look at what I'm saying. For the scripture have said, whosoever believe in him shall not be ashamed. So a criminal, when he believes. So the problem is that, then why are most people going to hell? If they just need to believe to be saved. Then why are they going to hell? Now look at it. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. So anybody that call upon him, the same richness. What is the richness of God? Grace. The same grace available for the criminals, for the murderer, for the prostitute. Eh? The same grace. Everyone say the same grace. Same grace is available for the criminal. And for the righteous. But then look at what the Bible says. It says, for there is no difference between, move it on verse 13 quickly, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you see the word whosoever, whosoever, there is no there, there is no partiality in grace. There's no partiality in grace. Whosoever. But why are these people going to hell? The question has not been answered. 
If whosoever call upon the Lord shall be saved. Say, Pastor, do you mean what you are talking about? The Langado. Wait, wait. I'm not sure salvation is for them. Who told you? Who told you? Go and find, go and take the Bible and look at the word whosoever. Whosoever. Salvation is for whosoever. But there is a problem. The reason why some people will go to hell is not because those people, God want them to go to hell. Or they have been appointed to go to hell. But look at it. Now the, move it quickly, verse 14. Now the Bible says, how then whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then the question is, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And then they say, and how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So who should we bring? The preacher. The reason why people go to hell is the preacher. No preacher. Am I speaking to somebody? And you are the preacher here listening to me. You, you. You are the preacher. The people in your house, when they go to hell, God will hold you responsible because you are the preacher. Nobody will hear without a preacher. Nobody will believe. Nobody will believe or nobody can call upon the Lord whom they have not believed. And nobody will believe whom they have not heard. And nobody will hear without a preacher. The preacher is the very important component in the salvation of men. Very important person. The preacher. Very important person. You have the authority to lock heaven against the people in your house, the people in your community, or to open heavens for them. The key is in your hands. As you walk like that, people don't regard you. And some of you, your headmaster have even cancelled you and they said, what poor headmaster? They have not given you a certificate. And so all that, as you're walking about, all that you are thinking of, my born, who told you? You hold the key of destinies in your hands. The destinies of the rich man in the corner there is in your hand. The destiny of the drunkard is in your hands. You can determine whether they should go to hell or they should go to heaven. This is why God, Jesus was telling Peter, I say, I give you the key of the kingdom. Whatever you lose on earth eh, shall be loose in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. The key is in your hands as a believer. Can you imagine you? So, so somewhere like that, are you, are you a small boy? So, because you don't know the scriptures and eh, you have looked down on yourself. Because when you compare yourself to your shoe, eh, you look at your shoes, oh, you finish. The devil whispers to you and tells you because you don't have a good shoe, you are useless. Who told you? You are a very important person in life because you hold a key of people's salvation. You are the preacher. Everybody say, I'm the preacher. Say it again. Say, I am the preacher. Say, by my obedience, they will hear. Amen. Continue. You haven't finished it. Continue for me. Amen. To 15. Then he said, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. 
and bring glad tidings of good things. Now, the preaching you are hearing tonight is a way of sending it. Being sent has many ways. It depends on the distance. If you are going far away, then you need a transport. If it's in the area, you don't need a transport. You need instruction. So if you are going to Tamale, I'm sending you to Tamale, and I don't give you transport, you can blame me. But if I send you to Galilea, you can't ask me for transport. And in every preaching, you start from Jerusalem. Then you go to Judea. Then you come to Samaria. Then you come to the uttermost part of the world. Preaching. You start. No, okay, let me show Time is gone. So let me give you some tidbits. How to start preaching? How to start preaching? Do you know how I started? Especially the gospel message. It's not every message you go out to say. You don't go and preach uh, prosperity to the unbeliever. You don't go and preach signs and wonders. It's like you are giving bones to a child, a baby, to chew. You have to... It will not benefit him. A child cannot eat meat, raw meat. So what do you do? How many of you have seen gospel tract before? Gospel tracts. Hello, have you seen gospel tract before? How many of you know what is gospel tract? You know gospel tract. Okay, gospel tract are small, small leaflets that are, are normally distributed for people to read and get converted. And normally, they are shared by churches. When we're in school, you can write for them and they can bring it normally from America. Sometimes you can find some on the ground. Or you can even request for your, from your church. Evangelism leader must have gospel tracts. Every church must have a base where they have gospel tracts. What do, I, what do you do as a preacher? Read the gospel tract yourself. Read it. Because the one who wrote it has arranged it the way they are the experts. They've written it the way it can be presented easily. Read it and present it the same way. By so doing, you will develop your own strategy to present the gospel. You learn something. So read the gospel tract the way they present it, present it that way. Hello? Hello, do you understand that? That's the first way to share the gospel. So you can't say, Pastor, you see, my problem is that I don't know what to tell the people. When I go for evangelism, I don't know what to tell the people. Read the gospel tract. Normally, this gospel tract comes with quotations, scriptures, powerful, strategic scriptures. Amen. Number two, Memorize scriptures. Memorize scriptures. Because if you are sent of God, you must speak the words of God. John 3.34 Whosoever is sent of God speaks the words of God. For, whom, for he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. If it's God who has sent you, you don't go and speak about yourself. You don't go and speak about your pastor. You speak the words of God. But how do I speak the words of God if I don't know the words of God? 
So the reason why many people doesn't go out to preach is because they don't know what to say. So this is what you do. Say memorization. Say it again. Now, what is memorization? We call it to... Um, you see, recently I even saw an already made calves. Small, small calves like this size. Some are smaller than this size. And then you see the scriptures. Some were already printed already. You see the scriptures here. John 3.16. The, the words that the scriptures are here. And then when you turn it, the words are here. How many of you have seen some before? Okay, if you have not seen some before, you can develop your own. You can cut cards, cards into pieces, and you can write salvation quotations on them. So, so as you sit here now, if I call you now and I say, give me 20 scriptures, how many can try? 20. At a go. If you can give me 20 scriptures, raise your hands, let me see. Okay, let me reduce it. Ten. Hello? Are you with me? Okay, let me reduce it. Five. Hmm. Five quotations. Close your eyes and then give me five quotations. If you can do it, raise your hands. Let me see. One day, my daughter, Prisla, when she was about... Uh, eh? You know about that. She was uh, how many years? You were teaching eh, eh? She's in school. She can memorize about 30 scriptures. I said, give me scripture. You get up and give me 30 scriptures. Because every, every morning we do, everybody will give scriptures. In our morning devotion, you have to give scriptures. Some will give five. Or you have to do your own personal studies. She was the one who topped the class. Five. Give me five. Just five. Uh -huh. So you see that nothing is in the coconut. But you know, when I ask you, do you know Parkway's telephone number? Yes, 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 yes. I can tell you. Uh, 020 uh, How come that you know people's telephone numbers? Some of us, we even know people's car number. Hey, hey, I can see my car knock on. I can see my car knock on. DW. You know people's car numbers. You don't know scriptures. The best way to get the scriptures into this place, into your mind, into your head, is to do memorization. You memorize it. It is not automatic. You think about it. You meditate on it. You read it. You matter it. So, write some scriptures down. That will help you in talking to people about evangelism. I mean, Salvation. Number one, simple. We all know John 3 16 and then 17. John 3 is what God so loved the world, I gave his only begotten son. 
that those who have believed in shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But verse 17, that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him, that the world through him might be saved. That's 17. Then, then you go to um, these popular scriptures, simple scriptures. Now, Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Huh? Who can tell me what is there? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Who can tell me what is there? For the gift of God is eternal life. Eh? 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 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eh? Then, um, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. For God commanded his, life, his love towards us in that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. These are scriptures that are powerful. Eh? Acts chapter 17, verse 30 to 31. In the times of ignorance, God overlooked, but now he's commanding all men everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world and he has given proof. Eh? Eh? By what? By raising him from the dead. Now, these are powerful scriptures. So let me start again. Now, John 3, 16 and 17. This is to start with. You want to, scriptures that you must memorize to be able to win somebody for Christ. Then, Romans 3, 23. Romans 6, 23. Romans 5, 8. Acts chapter 17, verse 30 to 31. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. What I will do is that every time we come, I will give you a few. Then you will go and meditate on them. It will help you. You should be able to know. If not so, this thing I'm teaching you, you think it doesn't, it, it doesn't help. But when you start preaching, before you know, when you go and be removing big, big, big scriptures, the person you are talking to will not even understand you. And then you confuse him. But these are the scriptures for sowing. And if you are skillful, you can even use two or even one. If you are skillful, you can even use two. Because, I mean, multiplying scriptures is not the base, it's not. It's not what is important. How, how you, you are able to explain that scripture to the understanding of the person. Praise the name of the Lord. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. I want to bring the teaching service to an end tonight. Everybody is a soul winner. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. So after the Holy Ghost has come, you must be a witness. You must be a witness. Praise God. Amen. Okay. Can I take two questions? So you have two questions. Let me see if you have two questions. You raise your hands. You have a question to ask. You have any questions? Okay. If you don't have any question, okay. Okay. Is there a question? Okay. It means that you really understood what we have learned tonight. Please.
Remember, we are full-time soul winners. Whatever you are doing is just to pay the expenses of your survivor. But you have been called as a full-time soul winner. You are not a taxi driver. You are driving taxi in order to survive. But you are a soul winner. You are not a nurse. You are a nurse practicing nursing just to pay the expenses of your commission. Don't allow the devil to tell you that you are a teacher and that is what you came here to do. You are not a teacher. You have to work so that you generate some funds to pay the expenses for your commission. You have been called as a soul winner. Full-time soul winner. Whether in your house, in the school, at the marketplace, wherever you find yourself, you are the preacher man who must go so that they can hear. If you don't go, how can they hear? And if they don't hear, how can they believe? And if they don't believe, how can they be saved? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We give God a praise. Is there any question so far? Any question? Okay. Okay. There's a question. Okay. What, let's finish with this one first. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, Daddy, please, we talk about um, how to start the uh, gospel. That is a salvation message. But my question is, how do we prepare the salvation message? I have just told you a trick. Get a gospel tract. That will show you the trick. How it is arranged. How, you know, you can use that one as a, uh, uh, how do you call it, sample or uh, whatever to prepare your own. Okay? Because normally those who write the gospel tracts are experts. So once you look at the formula, okay, or the format, then you can also develop your own with time. Is it clear? Okay, go to Nicholas. Some of, some of you want to be great evangelists, powerful apostles. You've never crossed the street to touch somebody, Jesus love you. Amen. Amen. Please, how do you speak to uh, speak about Christ to someone who has his mind made up? You please. Do the microphone like this. <laughs> like this. <laughs> Someone who has his <laughs> mind made up. Because there's this person who always starts with, Jesus Christ is a scam. So, it's like, there's nothing you can say to him. He'll be like, me, I think, oh, I, I'm not like those people who just accept anything. Okay. So, in that situation, how do you address okay. it? A very nice question. Isn't it a nice question? Now, listen to answer. Can I ask you a question? I will you ask a question to answer your question. When you are traveling on a river with a boat, and the boat capsizes, and you are trying to save somebody who is drowning, and he is trying to pull you down. Meanwhile, there are others who are crying for help to bring them up. What will you do? Hello, answer me. Answer it for me, yes. You leave him. You leave him and attend to the one who is ready to come out. You can never save all. We say some. 
Apostle Paul said, I have made all things to all men so that I will by all means save some, not save all. So if the person is not willing, leave him alone. There are a lot of people who are going to hell. And there are many who are crying for help. You want to help one person, he said, no, he doesn't need help. Leave him and help the one who needed help. Amen. Amen. God bless. Okay. Okay, you're asking the last question. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, that is, so, with this answer, I want to ask. So, does it mean that uh, those who, uh, when you preach to the people, or the salvation message is for those who are willing, but not those who are not willing? Salvation message is for everybody. But redemption is for those who are willing. Salvation and redemption is for everybody. It's not willing for any to perish. But you see, you see, even a mango, mango tree with ripe mangoes, eh? if the mango is not ripe, sometimes you throw the stone, bah, hit it, you stand up again. How many of you have explained that? If the mango is ripe, a little breeze, it is down. Some people are not ripe. Okay? At that particular time, you are preaching to them. But preach to them anyway. The Holy Ghost can use what you've told them in the future. Amen. Good. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Now, this thing I'm teaching is a serious thing. The Lord has impressed it on my heart to teach the church. Talk to you about sowing. We have neglected it. The church have abandoned it. It's a territory that we have, we have let, we have, really, we have abandoned. In fact, the devil has taken it from us. The church is no more preaching salvation messages, prosperity messages, breakthrough messages has taken over the simplicity of the gospel. Please, let's go back. Let's go back to our first love. Amen. Somebody came to us with the gospel and now here we are. Why don't we also want to go to them? To other people? You are loaded with questions tonight. Okay, you give me give me an opportunity. Um, Daddy, please, uh, I want to understand this. The preaching of the gospel or soul winning and bringing the person to church. I want to get the two difference because going out to preach the gospel and it's like when you go out by all means you should bring somebody to church so i want to get the two now you remember the instruction that one of the instructions jesus gave he said you have not chosen me but i have chosen you to go and bear forth fruit that your fruit will do what remain, remain. now for your fruit to remain you must nurture it the reason why you bring the person to your church so you can have foresight. So, uh, uh, how do you call it? So you can oversight. You can have an oversight over the person. So you can monitor the person and shepherd the person and feed the person. Because it is not just go and bear for fruit. But that your fruit should remain. So if you go and preach to people and you leave them, it's 50-50. Some of the people say, oh, man, I can't cry. I can't win these souls, baby. By the time you realize, I can't do it. 
Because who done you want to be a baby grow mumu? I discourage you. They are left with only two. Meanwhile, you say, oh, I got 100 people. Because you were not there to exercise oversight on them. Your fruit must remain. God is going to reward you according to the remain, your fruit that has remained. So, if you cannot reach out to the person every day, Fanny Panu, Fanuko share a story being seen. So that you know that somebody is taking care of your fruit for you. So, it's the best. When you bring him to church, he's eating what you are eating. You are growing together. When you go home, you can explain the things to It becomes easier to feed that person. Is it clear? Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. I want you to be on your feet right now. Be on your feet right now. Jesus is coming. The time is very short. Can I tell you something? I am not sure that the next 10 years will meet us on earth. Yes. Yes. I am not too sure. I'm telling the truth. No, Pastor, what about my project? Go ahead with your project. I didn't say you should stop. But I'm just telling you, I am not sure that the next 10 years will meet us here. In the realms of the spirit, from what is happening in the spirit realm, we are living on borrowed grace. I say we are living what? Grace. The grace that has been allocated to us, we have exhausted it. The grace we are enjoying now is what? Borrowed. Borrowed grace. I'm not sure. From what I am perceiving in the spirit, I am not sure. So, you see how serious it is? Oh, pastor. And what about me? I want to give birth. I want to make sure that my child go to university and uh, where, 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 where. <laughs> I don't know. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Because from my, what my spirit is picking and what I am sensing and the reactions I'm getting in my spirit, man, I'm not sure 10 years will meet here. Here. 10 years. 10 years is just 10 Christmas. 10 Christmas. Celebration. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. May God open your eyes. I lift your two hands. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Some of us, it was ignorance. Some of us, it's disobedient. Some of us, I don't even know what to say. 
It's carelessness, negligence. Negligence, some of us. We have become fruitless trees in the Lord's vineyard. No fruit. Will you ever remain a fruitless tree? The Lord said, who will go for us? He said, who will I send? And who will go for us? Will you really go? The Lord is not saying leave your job. So, yeah, there are some people who call them to leave their job. Not everybody will have to leave his job. But some have been called evangelists and that is what they leave on the altar. Some are pastors, prophets, teachers, apostles. They live on the altar. But some of you, you are not called to come on full time. But you are called as a soul winner. From today, you want to ask the Lord, give me grace to be fruitful. Give me grace to bear fruit in soul winning. Just open your mouth and talk to the Father. my friends must hear Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Can you see lift your two hands up? Father, our hands are lifted up tonight. It's a sign of surrender, Lord. We are saying, here are we. Here am I. Use me. As the Lord Want somebody here? Yamaha, use me. You know how they sing that song? Yeah, I am. Use me. Here I am. Send me. As the Lord wants somebody, here I am. Use me. See, the things I'm teaching you may not make meaning, may not make sense to you until you appear at the judgment seat of Christ. Then suddenly these things will make sense. And you will say, I wish, I wish, I wish I took it serious. I wish I took this man serious. I wish I took this man serious. Receive grace to be faithful. Receive grace to be faithful. Receive grace to serve the Lord. Receive grace to be a soul winner. Receive grace to multiply yourself in the kingdom. May the Lord give you boldness. The Lord give you knowledge. The Lord give you skill and wisdom. Master the art of soul winning. As you move out of this place, receive grace. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the name. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Okay. Now, Sammy will come and give you instructions. Now, I will take this opportunity to invite you to be here on Friday and also be here on Sunday, uh, on Saturday. Uh, I'm inviting some prophets. But Prophet Manasi is coming. Uh, other men of God are coming here to come and bless us, uh, to come and fellowship with us during the uh, birthday uh, fellowship. So, please, uh, it is time to honor me. Am I right? Honor your father. So, don't run away and say that when uh, Come and let's celebrate God's goodness. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Have I been a blessing to you? Are you sure? Then come and celebrate God's goodness. So, you'll be here on Friday. You'll be here on, on Saturday. And you'll be here on Sunday. God bless. Saturday is, is 6, 6, 6 p.m. Okay, 6 p.m. God bless you. Amen. Put your hands together unto the Lord.